everyone. Welcome to Health Addicts. Remember, this show is just for entertainment purposes only, meaning I'm not your doctor. So if you have questions about anything related to your health, gotta ask your doctor, okay? Otherwise, enjoy the show and enjoy the content. Man, how many carbs are too much carbs? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I even supposed to be taking vitamins? I guess I better listen to The Health Addict Show. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you all back again. Welcome to the Health Addict Show. I'm your host, Tommy J, and I got a great episode again for you today, and we're going to be talking about concussions. And I think this is a pretty interesting topic because there's a lot of traumatic brain injuries that happen in the United States. There's over a million a year, and they cause a lot of problems that people don't recognize because eh, maybe they had a headache for just a little bit or you felt better in 15 minutes. But there's actually some damage that happens to the brain every time that it gets hit or shifted or smacked around. So the less damage you actually do to your head, the better. But we're going to go straight into what a concussion is. So a concussion is a type of traumatic brain injury. It's caused by either trauma or rapid acceleration and deceleration of the brain. And this can also happen with very violent shaking, but generally it's caused by a trauma of blunt impact or where the brain is just shifted really fast from being in a high speed to a low speed or from a low speed to a high speed. And this can also be described as like coop and contracoup injury. But remember, your brain is a gelatinous material. It's really soft. I mean, there's some surrounding tissue, connective tissues that are around it, layers to protect it. But overall, it's encapsulated in a very hard skull. So when you move from a high speed to a low speed or a low speed to a high speed, or you get struck in the head really hard and fast by an object, that brain bounces around all over the place or shifts really hard, and this can cause damage. And if it's hard enough or fast enough, it can cause something called a contusion, which is actual literally bruising of the brain. And this is really bad, because I can tell you one thing right now the brain does not like is blood. It does have blood surfacing it with nutrients and giving it what it needs to survive, but the blood-brain barrier actually prevents blood from interacting with the brain. So any kind of seeping of blood into the brain is actually not good. So to keep me from going off into tangents, we're going to kind of keep this to low-speed injuries or head traumas that aren't as significant enough to cause this bruising or bleeding. So just the concussions. So let's keep this even more simple. What happens to the brain when you go from a very high speed to a low speed like a car accident? Well, what happens? Remember, I said you have a gelatin brain. So that brain's going to automatically keep moving because it's nothing stopping inside your head yet until it meets the skull. And it pushes and mashes against that skull. And remember, you have different densities in your brain because you have different core regions. So all these different density areas are going to shift and move and twist and torque the brain. And inside the brain, you have specialized cells called neurons. And these neurons are kind of different than a regular, more spherical cell you remember, an animal cell that you did in lab. These cells have long extended tails called axons. And these axons are special to the neuron because these myelinated tails transfer information and signals to each other. 
Because remember, you have 100 billion cells in your brain, and there's a lot of transferring of signals to each other, and that's how the brain and other nervous systems communicate is with these specialized cells. It has to transfer information fast and quickly, and these tails allow them to do that. But when you're in these crashes, that torque and twisting of the brain causes these tails to demyelinate, stretch, twist, and pull apart right from the cell. And this starts causing the brain damage. Now, also when these axons start being torn apart, the neurotransmitters that are inside of them are being released. And these are chemicals. They're not supposed to be just blown off all the time. And this can cause more cell death. So not only are you having cell death with the initial impact, you're also having chemical death now post the traumatic injury. So with symptoms lasting up to 15 minutes with the initial injury, this axonal shearing, a diffuse axonal injury, the damage can last for hours or continue building up for over days. And let's not forget, Homo sapiens are where they are today is because of our extraordinary brain power. The power of the brain that we have today is insurmountable to anything else. It is so complicated the neurologists that study it every single day still can't understand what is going on. So these little connections are so important. And because the brain controls so many things, there can be a lot of symptoms with a concussion. I mean, our biggest symptom right off the gate is gonna be a headache. Headache is probably one of the most common and noticeable injuries of a concussion. You can also have confusion and fuzz fuzziness and fogginess. You can have loss of consciousness completely amnesia to the whole situation that caused it, nausea and vomiting because it's close to your inner ear which controls your balance and can cause vertigo, and it also can cause ringing in the ear which is also known as tinnitus. So how do we grade concussions? Concussions are graded on a scale from one to three. A grade one is mild. It only takes about 15 minutes for you to really get over the symptoms you're having. Headaches, a little dizziness, a little nausea maybe, but within 15 minutes it's gone. Grade two is a little bit different. Grade two lasts longer than 15 minutes. This can last for hours and even possibly days because you've had such a strong head injury, but you don't lose consciousness. That's the most important part. You still have some symptoms, but you never lost consciousness. Grade three is the big one though. That's when you start losing consciousness from the head injury. And this is definitely involved in high speed injuries, whether it's in a motor vehicle accident or you took a blunt object to the head or you're in a fight and you lost consciousness, this is where it's a grade three and things start becoming complicated. Let's create a scenario. So let's say you're at a stoplight, you're coming home from anything you're doing, whether it's school, work, and someone hits you from behind really fast. They weren't paying attention, they thought it was green, and you have this rapid deceleration to acceleration. You remember your head going back and forth real fast, your neck's really sore, you're having a pounding headache, you're feeling a little bit dizzy, but you feel okay. You never lost consciousness during the whole thing. And paramedics came by. They checked you out. They asked if you're okay, if you want to go to the hospital. You said, you know what's inconvenience? I don't want to do it. I'll just go home for now. And you get picked up. You go home, and you're sitting at home. Now, this is where you need to understand the symptoms because this is really tricky, folks. Now we're at a situation where it's not a grade three. You never lost consciousness, but this could easily be a grade two. Because symptoms can last up to days, and sometimes it takes over 7 to 10 days to heal fully from a concussion. So you have to understand the symptoms and make sure it's not getting worse. So you check yourself out. You just have a little bit of headache. The nausea and vomiting feeling has gone. You're not slurring your speech. The, you're not having double vision. 
you're not having any amnesia about the situation, you just have a little bit of headache, this is okay. Most of the time, you can just treat it with some mild pain relievers, whether it's Tylenol or any of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen or naproxen, and you just rest and make sure you keep fluids, don't drink, and just make sure that you're treating the symptoms overall and monitor and make sure it doesn't get worse. But let's say you had a child in the back and they started having some slurred speech. Maybe they're a little bit more lethargic than they normally are. They're not eating because they're not feeling that well. And their physical coordination's even just a little bit off. This would be a really good point to take them to emergency services because this is really a big sign that they're having a lot of post-traumatic problems from the concussion. So what are some things they can do in the hospital? Well, one of the things they can do is a head CT or computer tomography. And what this does is it uses radiation, gamma rays, and takes really thin slices. And you can see a brain in a 3D image this way. And this is a great way to see swelling or any bleeding that's going on, especially if you add contrast, because contrast is radioactive and it can show it in your blood. The next one is an MRI. Now, an MRI uses magnets and even takes more finer slices and takes a more incredible 3D image and shows incredible detail. It's very loud, though, so it's not ideal to have if you're having a really bad headache. You're definitely going to want earplugs for it. And it, like, again, it's a big magnet. You can't take anything metal in with you. So you have to be very careful with the MRI. But the MRI is great because there's no radiation to it like the CT has. Computer tomographies have tons of radiation where there's no radiation in an MRI. And another test they can do is an EEG, which is an electroencephalogram, which measures brainwaves. And they can see if you're having shifts in your types of brainwaves. We have many different types of brainwaves. I won't get into it, but overall, you can see how what kind of what brainwaves they're having, and it tells you what kind of state they are as far as a mental status. And then again, the final thing they can do is just do a general physical appearance. They'll check reflexes. They'll make sure your everything's intact as far as nerves. They're going to check pupillary reactions because you have a lot of nerves that run everywhere, and the brain can affect so many things at once. So it's good to see if things are intact and working properly. So now you understand concussions. So what are some big risk factors though that you can have that can cause a concussion? One of the biggest risk factors is driving. As much as we need it and use it, motor vehicle accidents definitely cause a lot of trauma to the brain, especially if you're at a high speed to low speed or low speeds to high speeds. That linear motion causes a lot of shifting in the brain and seatbelts are there to protect you, but it also causes you to stop very rapidly. So even though you stop rapidly, everything inside you, including your brain, sloshes back and forth. And as much as fun as motorcycles are to ride, that falling motion is terrible now. Because not only do you have a linear motion, you have a rotational motion too. And this causes the brain to even double and triple the amount of damage that you normally would have. And the second one, which I hate saying because I love sports, but contact sports are some of the biggest drives for concussions especially the ones like hockey football soccer basketball these ones that have potential for head hitting and clashing and sudden breaks these are big jumps for concussions another one which i also like too mixed martial arts and boxing you're causing significant head trauma the main purpose is to hit your opponent in the face so obviously there's going to be some head trauma and unfortunately, there's a lot of walking concussions that people don't realize they're getting full time as their profession. And another big one that isn't talked about as much, but when people are in a physically abusive relationship, 
when they're getting hit over and over again, these are very high velocity impacts that are forcing your brain to slosh back and forth really fast. So in a physical relationship, it's not just the surface that you're damaging. Brain damage is very common with these physical abusive relationships and it's definitely not a good thing. So what can you do to help yourself decrease your chance of getting a concussion? The first one is very simple and easy. Wear a helmet when you're supposed to. I see so many people doing sports and doing crazy physical activity that they probably should be wearing a helmet and they don't. And that includes snowboarding, wakeboarding, riding your bike, skateboarding, rollerblading. When there's a chance of you actually falling and hitting the ground and your potential for your head to hit something hard, this is probably a good idea to wear a helmet. And yes, I'm looking at you rugby players. I know you're tough, but your brain's not that tough. The next thing you can do though is still wear your seatbelt in the car. I know it seems silly, but there's so many people that still don't wear a seatbelt, even in the back seat. And there's still trouble in the back seat. If you hit that back of that seat at a high speed, there is no chance that you're not going to have some kind of traumatic brain injury. Because even though you think it's soft, it's not that soft. And I'm telling you right now, even though you're going to have still a concussion component from the high speed to a low speed with the linear motion, it's better than your face hitting the steering wheel or the dash or anything else that's in front of you. The next thing is actually working on balance. If you have good balance, then there's less likely of a chance of you're going to fall. Especially in our elderly population, falls are the number one trauma in their category. So if you have good balance and you work on core strength and leg strength to make sure that you have good balance, you're going to decrease your chance of falling, which increases your chance of concussion. And finally, just having good education. If you educate people about the risks, you're going to decrease the chance of concussion overall. And one of the big things we still need to talk about, especially with education, is the CTE. Even though CTE isn't new, it's been very highlighted in the last decade. So what is CTE? CTE is chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And I know what you're thinking. That sounds kind of different than a concussion, but it's not. This disease, encephalopathy, is caused by chronic concussions. So over time, in very large contact sports, the brain is introduced to many traumas over long periods of time, and it isn't given the adequate amount of time to heal properly. And as more concussions happen, more damage to the brain happens. These axons are torn, more axons are lost, more neurons are lost, more cells are lost completely, and eventually you have wasting away of the brain. So not only are you destroying your brain, there's actually no way for it to recover. The brain doesn't heal, and it doesn't heal really quickly. There's many processes of the brain that can heal, but it's not these little damages anymore. You have so much chronic, tremendous damage that's happened to the brain. The neurons are incapable of repairing themselves at this point. And you know who's taking the blunt of this is the sport athletes. These athletes are taking chronic headshots, the football players, the rugby players, boxers, MMA fighters, and they're having all this concussive damage and it's not being repaired. It's just constantly happening, happening, happening week after week after week. The point where these kids and adults are having problems with only five years into the sport. They have so much life left and they're already having symptoms from CTE. 
And mind you, CTE is really only able to tell through an autopsy. And I don't think many people want to get to that point. So what's the solution to this? Well, find a way for them to take less headshots. Because the more damage that the brain is taking, the more problems they're going to have. And I know NFL's going through changes. They're changing helmets. But you're still in taking incredible amount of damage over time. Because it doesn't stop what's happening inside the skull. Just what happens and impacts on the outside. And this is still including all these other contact sports. And of course, I'm not saying get rid of any of the contact sports. Because I'm obviously a huge fan. But we definitely need to bring up the discussion of how we can better stop the CTE that's happening. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. What do you need to know about concussions? Concussions are a traumatic brain injury. It happens when the brain goes from a rapid speed and smashes against your skull or from a blunt object hit and causes damage to the brain. What you need to do if you have one is definitely take pain medication for your headache. Avoid any kind of stressful activity, especially anything that causes you to drive a motor vehicle or ride a bike because you shouldn't be doing anything that's coordinated like that. And definitely get rest and avoid alcohol, okay? You want to make sure you're keeping your brain healthy. And all right, folks, that's it. We hit all the topics on concussion that I really wanted to cover. So if you have questions, hit me up on all the social media platforms and we can continue the conversation there. Otherwise, if you're not following me, try and follow me, okay? Because I definitely post other information than what's on the podcast. So stay addicted to your health and I'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.